saying farewell to the community. Andy had successfully twisted my arm into getting out to inspect some neighboring attractions. A master motivator was needed for that farewell tour to avert the regret of forgettable idleness, and Andy came through. After the library, we went to a little market. Then about a half hour later, we were winding up the steep road leading to the Jewel Basin Trailhead. Again, I was surprised to see snow. I knew there would be some snow, but I didn't think that we'd have to park the car on the side of the narrow road and hike 40 minutes just to get to the trailhead. There were some pretty amazing sights along the way, but also some poopy realizations. The snow got to be about 5 to 6 feet deep, and that wasn't even at the higher elevation of the drool basin. The lakes were sure to be covered, as well as every trail. Once at the trailhead, we sat on top of the restrooms that were buried in snow and changed our plans. Before heading back to the Aloha, we decided to go up the nearest peak and check out the view. I led the way up the steep snow. Each step was a solid kick to get leverage. I had to stop and rest often. Once on top of the mountain, we walked along the narrow peak to a clearing. The sky was dark and cloudy to the west, so the view of the Flathead Valley was a little spooky. We stayed up there for a little while, then slid down the snow. It wasn't as simple as I just made it sound. My jeans were soaked and my legs were numb, but the thrill canceled all that out. I changed my clothes back at the buried trailhead, then headed back to the Aloha way ahead of Brad. A ground squirrel next to the deck just started to scream really, really loud. I've never heard him do that. I stopped and hid myself on the side of the road, and after Brad passed, I came up behind him in hopes of confusing him. I don't think it worked. He backed the Aloha down the road until there was an area big enough to turn around, then we headed to Hungry Horse to go to the infamous Huckleberry Patch restaurant. We went to the dam first. There were so many little birds cruising all over the place. It was quite a show. The Huckleberry place was freaking closed. We walked down the road a ways and everything was run down and closed. It was like a ghost town. Calms, 5-17-2000 We would proceed to check out the local bar in Hungry Horse to get a taste of the town. Unsurprisingly, they served disgusting two-week-old hamburgers and had a broken toilet. I searched feverishly for Gregor Morksley hiding in the shadows, awaiting split infinitive verbs and run-on sentences to prey upon. I only found an alternative setting that evidenced profusely. We were with real rugged local Montanans, men and women who already situated and saturated on an early weekday afternoon. An abrupt stopping of the jukebox would have been too soft, too cliché. Well, I'm in my bed on Thursday night listening to Coast to Coast. Very interesting. There's this lady on that claims to be able to read into people's being, negative slash positive energy and so forth. What does my body tell me? I like that she refers to God as whatever you want to call it. She calls it the Father, and so did this really freaky lady that Brad and I met in Hungry Horse. We went into a little bar full of ruffians to eat lunch. Now, the food at the bar was pretty okay, and the white-bearded cook was nice, but the freaky lady made it an experience worth writing a few words about. She leaned against us reeking of alcohol and told us that the father told her that she belongs in Hungry Horse. Brad began to mess with her head, but I was afraid she'd freak out, so I went along with her mumbo-jumbo. As we left, she came to the door and yelled after us, I hope you find what you're looking for. I felt like I was in a movie the way the dirt spun into the air when she disappeared. Calms, 5-17-2000 We earned the stares you would expect if two people that looked exactly like us had just been in there the day before and announced that the bar was mandated by law to become a tickle-friendly establishment. 
A true mix of inherent hatred and dumbfounded confusion choked the air. We were one slur about the taste of huckleberries away from a get em, boys gesture by the unquestioned leader of the outfit, the bearded cook with missing teeth. I had played enough Far Cry 5, which takes place in Montana, to know that those ladies were strategically placed recruiters for a local cult and that the father was, of course, the cult leader. Perhaps we should have had them promote the fake fight while finding competing non-believers to quarrel for a much better turnout.